Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show, where we're going to be talking about the Mad Monkeys film pick of the week a little later on in the show, and that pick is a legend from 1985, directed by Ridley Scott. So we're going to get into that uh, a lot later in the show. But of course, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. You've got the touch! You got the, you oh, got the wrong, touch. Wrong 80s movie. My, my bad. You know, I'm totally reading the wrong notes here. You know? the, the dreams of youth are the regrets of maturity. That, that are, there are, they? Are, are the notes. Indeed. Indeed they are. Oh, wait. Hold on. Let me let me read it in, in this voice. It'll be better. The dreams oh. of youth, the regrets of maturity. Hello, hello, and welcome <laughs> to Talking Terror. Why hello, it's everybody. the darkness. What the fuck is going on? Oh my God. <laughs> but it was the darkness. <laughs> fuck your couch, darkness. <laughs> no, that's actually father. Not. <laughs> why have you forsaken me, father? Uh, why have you sullied <laughs> my couch? Fuck your couch, darkness. Father, no. I just bought that. Three more payments and it was mine. Why does my couch trip with green chism? <laughs> Why does it glow with such vigor from the unicorns? Dad, those unicorns are fucking everywhere, ruining my damn couch. I'm going to kill them. That's what I'm going to do. That's the plan, everybody. We kill the unicorns and get our couches back. No, that's not actually the plot. It's something else. But we'll get back into it later on in the show. We're fucking also joined by the Psychotic man. Mm, The Mad Monkey. Get fucking with a monkey. Hey there, my friends and horror hounds. You know what time it is. It's talking terror time, baby. Your go-to podcast for horror news and scary movie reviews, where we come in your ears live every Wednesday night from 9 to 11 p.m. But if you can't catch us live, you can always catch your feel of talking terror on both Spotify and iTunes. Just remember to help share the love of your favorite horror podcast by liking and subscribing to Talking Terror on Instagram and Facebook, baby. What's up, my family? <laughs> Hi, Monkey. Welcome back ah, to the show. So <laughs> it was such bigger. You're not, I'll you're give not you the my goo. Unicorn horn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can I introduce you in some uh, Scientology, maybe? Get an audit going while he's doing the show. Mm. <laughs> no. You don't want to talk about Zeno? All right. No, Zeno <laughs> might show up later. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also joined by the very astute, the very educated, the very opinionated Demonic Dean. Oh, good evening here at Talking Terror. Uh, regrets of the youth lead to the old of the wise and the and the and the something and something the thoughts, dark side. Thoughts of, <laughs> of those who who 
lived with thoughts of the past. Right, because that's that's, uh, deep. That's very deep. I don't know how deep, but deep. Very good. All right, so... Now that we're all here, we have a movie to talk about later on in the show. Uh, Ghoul, I believe you had a question to ask the monkey as we kick off the show. Oh, no, no, no. This, uh, this pertains to the movie itself, so uh, it wasn't oh. anything prior to that. So we will save it for later okay. on in the show, in fact. Questions but, about but, yeah, but, <laughs> but before we get into the horror news and stuff like that, it's like some big shit has been going on in the wrestling world, you know, because we talk a lot about wrestling on here, and it just seems like, you know, Sorry, <laughs> Vinny Mac has forced his way back into the WWE, and it seems that strange things are afoot at the WWE corral. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's possible that they could be selling to the Saudis an investment fund, so they would officially go private, as they've been public since the early 90s. So we'll see. Stephen McMahon just resigned as the co-CEO, so that's kind of a sign that maybe it's going to happen. Who knows? Vinny Mac is just going to sell the highest bidder. So I think that's what's going to happen. So. Yeah, Saudis I mean, have no I think control it's, uh, of it yet. It's, it's a long time coming. I think, you know, as, as people that, I mean, you guys watch the regular TV stuff. King, I know you especially do. Monkey, I think you I watch yeah, SmackDown. You know, you watch <laughs> SmackDown and, and, and the pay-per-views. Yes, Dean, we know you don't, uh, per, you don't watch uh, – WWE anymore. Um, I like he, he's, a, he, he, he's a wild Ooh, fan. That? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I only watch the pay-per-views at this point or whatever you would call them that come on uh, Peacock, uh, but I don't follow any of the TV stuff. But I can say just from seeing the the, the monthly installments of the, the big events, you know, so to speak, the ones that are supposed to be these, these penultimate things that, you know, are either ending storylines or, or, or should be, you know, wetting your whistle to be like, oh, man, I should start fucking tuning in every week to find out where this story is going to go. Like, I know from, like, my perspective, it's like ho-hum almost every time. My favorite part of watching any of those pay-per-views are, are the parts that I'm sitting there on Facebook Messenger with YouTube clowns making fun of everyone, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> that, that, the, the actual events themselves are really at just a, uh, they're just at a very low level, you know, and, and the quality of what they're putting out is just, uh, it's been suffering. So, so a sale, yeah, I, I can easily see it. And, and, Depending on what they want to do with it, yeah, I guess if they're going to go to go the Saudi route, then you know, which it looks like, you know, in my opinion, that's where where it looks like it would be going based on some of the the deals of the previous years. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what that would actually uh, entail for for the WWE as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a weird situation. Uh, I know that uh, the behind the scenes, like the wrestlers themselves, all said that a lot of them are going to be leaving if it does become, you know, owned by a Saudi investment fund. I mean, the women's division will probably crumble. And I know Sami Zayn especially, he's out because he's Jewish. He's unallowed oh, yeah. at the, uh, the Saudi Arabian uh, pay-per-view. So I think he would be packing his bags and heading over to AEW at that point. But we'll see. I mean, you know, there's a lot of possibilities about who could own the WWE. I mean, NBC is up there. Fox is up there. Disney is up there. So nothing's final yet. So we'll have to see, you know, who – puts in the highest bid, which could very well be the Saudi investment group. But, you know, because, you know, Vinny's not going to turn that money down. 
Yeah, now I'm, I'm, just, I'm just yeah, but uh, for some reason I'm just thinking though, like this is just going to be a sloppy, sloppy mess, you know. Of you know, however it goes, it just just seems like it's going to be nasty and gritty somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be interesting I, I to see what happens. Problem, the biggest problem with any of the hmm? television networks and even Disney, you know, like you would think, oh, Disney's a no-brainer. Hey, you guys fucking do it yet again. You picked up Marvel, pick this up. You know, it's going to be another installed fan base, all this and that. Except the problem is, is you're dealing with a lot of insurance issues that are going to pertain to WWE superstars and, and the contracts and the problems that come up therefore you know so if disney was to let's say purchase it then at that point they're going to be like hiring out with people like triple h and stuff like that who are familiar with the business but disney doesn't seem to be that kind of company they like to be hands-on with everything where it's like Mm -hmm. if they're going to purchase it they're going to want to put their people in charge running it their way and i just don't see them wanting to take on the kind of responsibility contractual and and insurance problems that you have when you're dealing with this kind of of industry even in its pg era you know where where you don't have guys fucking you know jumping off the top of cages anymore and shit like that I just don't see it making money. I mean, it's plain and simple. You know, that, that's the problem. It's really not a moneymaker anymore. It used to be, but it is not anymore. Yeah, man. I was actually watching the stocks today for WWE, and at the start of the day, it was over $160 first thing in the morning. And then, like, as the day broke and the news was coming out, the news was coming out, it got as low as oh, just a little bit below $80. So it just did in one day. The <laughs> The stock has sunk half in value. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough to see, you know, it go downhill the way it has. Um, yeah, I do watch all three shows, and I think NXT is the best in terms of content. Um, you know, I still watch SmackDown for Bray Wyatt because I'm a huge Bray Wyatt fan, and I love what they're doing with Uncle Howdy. But Raw is just all about Roman Howdy in the bloodline. Uncle Howdy. So, yeah, Exorcist reference, I know. But anyway, so, you know, it's, it's gotten boring. You know, because you have Roman Reigns continuing the bloodline storyline, but he's been champion for so long, you know, people tune out. They just get tired of seeing it week after week after week. So you kind of need new blood in there. So if the rumor is true, and at Royal Rumble, we see The Rock entering in at number 30, uh, that's just going to be abysmal. That's going to be even more reasons to just not tune in anymore, because now you have to bring in The Rock to kind of shake things up, and it's not really going to work, because Roman's been champion for too long. You don't really need The Rock anymore to kind of push that character. You know, just it was wow, thanks, King. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, mother, mother, come on, man. We've been talking about this for two years now. We're like, The Rock is going to come in. WrestleMania is at yeah. Hollywood. It makes sense. The Rock is going to fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in Hollywood and win the belt. Removing the fucking belt from Roman <laughs> Reigns, being it's a family member, keeps it kind of in the blood, but at the same time, it's like, all right, we finally took the belt away from the guy, and now they can do a tournament or whatever the fuck they're going to do to give it to somebody else. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to drop the belt. He's just going to be like, you know what? I came to do what I had to do. Now you can have a tournament and pick your new champion to make them the unified champion. And then I have to go back to Hollywood and just kind of cower about how Black Adam performed. Sorry, Rock. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> you know, you had high hopes, I know, but it didn't quite work out that way. Um, but talking about going to the movies, I actually did go see Megan. Uh, this past Saturday, and what a fun experience that was. It's PG-13, 
Uh, there are some definitely cool little gore moments that happen in the movie, um, but it was just a great theater experience because I had an elderly couple behind me that were very vocal the entire time about what was happening. It was hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> awesome. Because <laughs> you had the, the wife, and she was explaining the plot to her husband during the entire movie. She's like, all right, all right. So now the little girl, she's becoming friends with the robot, right? And the robot, you know, it's becoming real friendly, right? And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. So she's like, yeah, but now it's going to turn evil. And then when it turns evil, she's like, oh, shit, here we go. Here we go. It, it, things are happening. <laughs> and then there was at one point there was a jump scare, and she's like, oh, hell no. She's like, god damn. Like, you know, I was like, this is great. I love this. Like, every time something bad happens, she's like, oh, my good gracious. <laughs> that little robot's going to fuck that kid up. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I want you to come to every movie with me from now on. <laughs> sit next to me and provide commentary. Like, oh, shit, here it here comes, here it comes. You better run, man, you better run. You better find yourself an open door. Like, I was like, man, this is great. This is what the theater experience is all about. I love it when people react to things. And she was definitely not quiet the entire time. The husband's like, I know, I get it, but, like, why? She's like, it's a movie. <laughs> all right. And surprisingly, Ed, it did well. Number two at the box office, earning a little over $30 million. So you could be seeing Megan, too. I'm sure the Dean has things in horror news about Megan to talk about. So I'll hand it over to him. Horror news time. What do you got for the Dean? What are you talking about? Who is the current intercontinental champion of wrestling? That would be Gunther. Who? <laughs> Gunther. Gunther of, of Imperium. Gunther? Are you serious? Really, there's a wrestler Gunther. named Kunda? Are you kidding me? Goon, Goon, like, hey, like, oh, like Gunther. Like Gunther. <laughs> yeah, I get that. All right, I got you, I got you, I got you. He's, that's he's how they not saying it right. <laughs> All right, it's I got you. I, I just, I, you, know, you can't put anything past WWE, man. <laughs> he's like, who's, who's Gunther? Gunther. His name is, to- His name is Toby. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gunther. Gunther, can you hear no, it's yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that too is the current IC champion. He's just a big old German with gigantic ears. That's fucking who's Tommy except sorry, Kunta. Kunta, can you hear? Is that your favorite belt? Is that why you asked me? You just love the IC belt? No, I was just, I was just, I, 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 I've been sitting on this question for for quite some time in this part of the discussion, and I just couldn't get a word in edgewise, so I was just waiting for my moment. It's his all-time favorite. That's what the IC title? <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I thought you liked the 24-7 title. All right, I'm mistaken. It's the Intercontinental. But, yes, that's who it is. And Austin Theory is the U.S. champion. Usos are tag team champions. And Roman Reigns is unified world heavyweight champion. So there Fuck you yeah. go. Helping you out. <laughs> all right. See, there's basically you know. two variations of the belt now, Dean. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can't have too and many champions. You know. No, you can never have too many champions. So, just ask the Usos. Right. All right. So anyway, uh, just a fun fun note, real real quick from from everything surrounding uh, the Golden Globes. But Kei Huy Kwan, uh, who won for his performance in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, was participating in a Hollywood Reporter uh, roundtable, and uh, he was asked, because, you know, you really haven't seen him around uh, Hollywood in in quite some time, he was asked about uh, getting this role and securing 
uh, this deal to, to be in this film. And, and he revealed uh, that his entertainment lawyer who secured him this deal is none other than Jeff Cohen, uh, who was his castmate Chunk in the film Goonies uh, long ago. Uh, while Jeff Cohen has exited show business decades ago, he did become an entertainment lawyer, and uh, he represents uh, Mr. Kwan there, uh, and uh, just thought that was like a fun note uh, to, to bring right. to the proceedings. And uh, he also said that uh, while this is just his own personal thoughts, that there's been no talks in any way, shape, or form, he said that the character that he so loves very dearly is Short Round, and... Uh, he said, Disney Plus, if you are listening, uh, I would love to make a short round spinoff if there was any interest. So, um, you know, just some, just some words from, from there. From Have you guys seen everything everywhere all at once, by the way? Yes. Yes, I have. I have. Yeah. All right. So yeah, it's fun. I have about 20 In a weird, fucked up, twisted about, way. Yeah, I have about like, I have about 20 to 25 minutes to go. I was watching it last night and I was pretty baked and I fell asleep, so... Um, I will, uh, <laughs> well, that, 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 rather, that rather is an appropriate way to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for sure, man. Wow. Uh, <laughs> really. But anyway, uh, moving on to the reason that we're all here today. We're gathered here today. Uh, uh, several items in the universe of The Walking Dead. Uh, so I, I, I as, as the person on our program here who has... Uh, is all caught up, uh, you know, with the main series. Um, mm-hmm. The I, aside from the first season, never watched any of Fear the Walking Dead, um, nor did I ever watch any of that Walking Dead World Beyond that was on for, I think, two seasons. But what, uh, what I did not know is that uh, beginning to air in May is the final season of Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, it's going to air in May and June, uh, there's going to be six episodes in May and June, and then the final six episodes a little later in the year. Um, so Fear the Walking Dead is wrapping up, but it has been announced uh, that in June of 2023, uh, The Walking Dead Dead City, uh, the Maggie and Negan uh, series will begin airing. Uh, Maggie and Negan in this one will be traveling to and entering Manhattan, uh, which has been cut off uh, for quite some time and seeing what's going on in there. And uh, we know that this will be taking place uh, as far as timelines go a few years after the conclusion of the walking dead, Uh, being that the half season finale of fear, the walking dead is June 18th. uh, There's much estimation that the the premiere of this will air right after the end of the season, mid season finale for fear, the walking dead. And also in this universe, uh, the Rick and Michonne, uh, Michonne uh, spinoff series uh, is going to start filming any day and will be prepped to air sometime in 2024. Maybe I'll be uh, there by the time it's ready to go. <laughs> so it's a weird pairing, uh, uh, Negan, you know, with, um, I don't know. I think uh, she wouldn't forgive him for bashing her husband's head in, but so, well, again, here's if, the thing. Wa- if you were watching the here's, show, here's the you'd thing. see all of these things. Dean, don't give any spoilers here, here. or anything like that. I'm not, yeah, I don't want to spoil it. I, I want to revisit it. Spoiler, yeah. spoiler free zone, okay? Uh, I firmly 
at this stage of the game, and and it's no spoiler that that Rick's character has been gone for several seasons now. Right. Um, That's correct. Yeah. It is of my. It is my opinion that whenever uh, the Negan character is involved and on screen, uh, since Rick has left, is when the series is at its most compelling. And hmm, okay. uh, that, held, that held true all the way to the final episode. I am not going to say uh, anything about, uh, you know, in what capacity or how uh, Negan and Maggie will be traveling to New York. Well, I don't know how they're traveling to New York, but how this arrangement came to pass. But what Karma? I will say is, what I will <laughs> say is that uh, what has been done uh, with the character of Negan, as well as the performance of Jeffrey Dean Morgan, is nothing short of remarkable, and uh, hmm. could very well be uh, the main reason why I can. Uh, one, it's it's the fact that it's been I've been watching for ten years, but I do think that without a character and performance as compelling as Negan uh, has been, Jeffrey D. Morgan's performance, I don't think that, I think without him, I don't know that I would have made it all the way uh, to, to the end. He, like, he, he is that good yeah. in every part that he has been involved in is, is truly that good. Um, you know, what I've said over the time for the last couple seasons where I've been like, oh, well, there was a lull and now it's getting really good again. Whenever I've talked about it getting good, it was all centered around the character of Negan, truly. So um, I am excited for the, the Negan-Maggie uh, spinoff. And uh, based on how everything unfolded in those last couple seasons and the final season, um, I would imagine anybody that stuck with it would be excited for that as well. I can, uh, I can, I can agree completely with Negan and what he brings to to the series whenever he is on screen. Um, absolutely, 100% right there. That is, that is fact um, in any capacity because the man is just magnetic, and that, that is a great thing. Uh, I will be finishing the, seasons, uh, the series soon. Uh, Sam has actually been watching from the, the very beginning. Uh, I believe she is somewhere around season... I want to say she's like at the beginning of season six currently. Um, so as she is reaching the, the later portions, I'll, uh, I'll start dipping in and watching to, uh, to kind of just go to the finish line with her. And I mean, she's been watching this religiously now for the last few weeks. Uh, she's okay. made it to where she is within like, I want to say maybe a week and a half. So, so I'm not far removed from getting to to the end point and seeing seeing where this series finally ends up as far as i, I do want to go, say you know, I, don't, I don't care yeah 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 no, I'm t- i will be curious to see if 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 uh if she stops watching it after the beginning of season seven like the rest of the, the audience <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would say yes, except for the fact, you know, again, she's she's doing the ride, you know, completely, and uh, and she's like she's fully sold, you know, like, and and it's funny, you know, because to, to some points it's annoying, but others it is funny watching her like make jokes and stuff based on things that we were making jokes about, you know, seven or eight years ago. You know the the whole sure. coral, coral, and you know they're in the RV, cool. they're in the woods, 
like all these all these like little like in jokes that like I remember all those years ago and like hearing them again kind of like uh, in, in, a, in a weird way it kind of made me interested in in the whole thing again but I, I just have not every time I try to like go in and maybe watch like uh, an episode that she's on I'm like oh no I remember this episode way too well I don't feel like revisiting it I I, I want to get to where I don't know what the fuck's going on and uh, yeah, and go yeah, from yeah. there. Yeah, you know, I yeah. sometimes, sometimes, sometimes when bored, I'll, I'll fall down a rabbit hole of like watching particular like scenes that I remember being particularly awesome over the course of the series. But but this is one that that I don't I I can't foresee ever like revisiting. It's like like you're saying, cool, like watching whole older episodes. Like I, there's only one episode that I that I can think of that I would potentially uh, watch again. And that's the standalone those that that those few like single character standalone episodes during COVID. The Negan episode, the Negan uh, origin story episode, was fucking maybe the best fucking episode of the whole series. But um, mm. uh, I I I I I have gone back and and watched clips on YouTube, like the one when when the the claimers have Carl on the ground and like Rick guts that dude and like bites his face off, and like I've watched mm-hmm. different clips different different clips here and there but yeah I, I couldn't see like putting on season six episode four being like all right here we go you know like it, 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 <laughs> well you know what's funny is i walked into the room as uh i think it was like the, the episode just before the season finale where rick and them just got to alexandria and there he is like covered in blood in front of like the, oh, yeah. the, the former former mayor and he's going on that entire fucking like monologue the, the rant? like yeah you're gonna get everybody killed and then Michonne just whacks him from behind whacks I was like alright you, know yeah, I, I, yeah, you gotta remember like liking all of this stuff when it was happening so so it did it yeah, was yeah. A, a, a good feeling for me totally but I just don't have the desire to go back and watch it all again <laughs> um, no and yeah no. there was some good stuff the scene the scene in that in that whole sequence in Alexandria with those characters when 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 the the jilted husband of the chick that Rick takes up with uh, like steps in in the middle of the night with the sword and, and accidentally kills the mayor's husband and she tells Rick to kill him and Rick shoots him and then Morgan appears out of the darkness like that scene was fucking awesome like Rick's face with mm-hmm. all the fucking blood all over it looking down with the gun which, smoking which and, was the, like, which is the finale and that's that's where Sam just stopped so before she went to bed right tonight. right right when when Morgan steps in and is like Rick. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, that's how, exactly how it ended. You know, him seeing Rick know. like bewildered and, and and all out of out of control. Right. And the last time Rick saw Morgan, Morgan was bewildered and all out of control. I have mm-hmm. to clear. And yeah, anyway. I mean, I I I enjoyed seeing Negan as well. <clears throat> I think Jeffrey D. Morgan's a great actor. But for me, the the ultimate season was in the prison because David Morrissey as the governor was the ultimate fucking badass. Like as the villain. You know, Herschel's just trying to get along with one leg, and then you have him trying to come back as rising to power, getting more people. Because we have to fucking kill Rick because he's an asshole. And they're like, yeah, he is. Like, he just, oh, God, David Morrissey was so good as the governor. Like, and nobody talks about him anymore. Everybody's like, oh, Negan was the best. But, uh, no, for me, always going to be David Morrissey. Like, that guy having just this complete transformation after getting his eye fucking taken out, having all the fucking heads in the fucking tank. His daughter's a zombie. And he's trying to take care of her. You know, people sleep on him a lot. <laughs> nah, see, for, 
for me, the governor turned out to be a dis- – I had a lot of expectation for him. And honestly, mm-hmm. my expectation for the governor is what Negan eventually gets shown to be. Um, that's who mm-hmm. I kind of expected the governor to be like. So I, I had a lot of disappointment with that character. Um, but, you know, that, that might be down the road. After I finish this whole thing, maybe I do go back and, like, revisit um, – those those two seasons, you know, maybe maybe starting from season three and then going into season four, um, and, and kind of revisiting that whole uh, story arc there. Yeah, I just I've always loved that character just because like he had a chance to be redeemed, like after Newberry burns down, like he burns it down himself, and then you think, okay, well he's going to become a good guy now. Nope, fuck that. <laughs> he is evil through and through, and he takes out Herschel in a fucking epic way. Fucking broke my heart to see Scott Wilson get his head fucking cut off. <laughs> but he's just, he's, he was the greatest for me. He was the greatest baddie, you know, that that show had. You know, kind of like Dexter and uh, John Lithgow. Like, after that season, where do you go? Kind of hard. But um, anyway, moving on, Dean, what else do you have for us? I will tell you uh, very briefly, uh, super popular on Netflix. Wednesday has been picked up for a season two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the monkey's happy. Yeah, the wait. monkey's ecstatic. Monkey fucking loves season one. <laughs> you can stop talking about it. You're like, dude, dude, dude. Like this episode and this episode, and then she does this, and it's amazing. I'm like, all right, all right. Calm down. Man, I, I know you're still doing I was pissed off. I figured it out after episode four. I figured out the entire fucking season. I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> and I'm not good at that shit. So knowing Ghoul, he'd probably watch half of episode one and then write it all down and be like, yeah, I know everything that's going on. Because he's great at fucking reading that shit. <laughs> I don't think he made it through the first episode yet. I still have not finished the first episode. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. Nope, nope, nope. Just that, you know, again, every, every time I've gone to put it on, it just, something comes up, like, something else I want to watch or, or some kind of emergency situation occurs or I just turn it off. Uh, no, I, honestly, like, I've, tried to, to, I've tried to watch it. It's not like I'm disliking it. You know, what I'm watching, I, I am enjoying. But, you know, I just, uh, yeah, for, so, for whatever reason, I just cannot finish the damn thing. Well, you know, now you have to catch up because season two is on the way, according to the Dean. All right, so what's next, Dean? So, there's been a lot of rumors that have Stop. gone around about uh, possible ingestion of performance-enhancing substances to help Hugh Jackman achieve the physique that he achieves to play the role of Wolverine. So uh, oh, yeah. Hugh, yeah, Hugh Jackman has, has clapped back and has said that uh, he has never uh, taken any performance enhancers he says that getting into the physique that it, he needs to be in to play the role of Wolverine is a, he says it's a process that takes six months uh, to get in uh, shape for Wolverine. He says that he is definitely all natural. The steroid rumors are false. He said that during his training time, he says that he eats so many chickens uh, that karma, his karma <laughs> is not good. Is not good in the diety. Uh, has anything related to chickens. Uh, He said for scenes uh, when he is going to need to appear shirtless, he says the process is drinking three gallons of water a day 
uh, prior Jesus to Christ. shooting, and then he cuts water for three weeks before needing to shoot the shirtless scenes. Uh, it's shrink wrapping. So yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, a lot of thing. boxers, it's boxers fucking, and fighters. It's unhealthy as fuck. Like, as unhealthy as it can be, but it gives you that ripped, veiny look. And basically, what happens is they do it, and he can maybe get like a, a day to two days worth of like when when they need him to look like Wolverine when he bursts out of the fucking water tank and he's all veined up and looking all kinds of fucking you know <laughs> insane after getting the uh, the uh, the adamantium put into him. That's like a shrink wrap moment, that type of deal. Um, you know, everything else is yeah. T- I mean, I've I've never heard him say or, or anything no. to do with the steroid thing uh but you know it wouldn't have surprised me either nor would i really judge him for it i mean you know look the guy's a fucking actor it's not like he's uh he's not a sports guy it's not like he's doing anything that uh that you know anything that's harming anybody other than his own body if he is sorry yeah Mike, no, i, I couldn't believe that <clears throat> good I had nothing to say, but okay. <laughs> no, okay, well. But, I mean, look at uh, uh, Christian Bale when he did The Machinist, and he lost all that fucking weight. He looked like he weighed, like, 80 pounds. Oh, man. And then he got Batman. Oh. And then he had to bulk the fuck up for Batman. And he bulked the fuck up, and he got big, and he got muscular. So, yeah, I mean, it's they're damaging their bodies, obviously, but I don't believe there's any uh, performance-enhancing drugs involved. I think it's just them just fucking doing whatever they can to get to that physique. I mean, I don't know how you could film after drinking three gallons of water because I'd be fucking pissing every three seconds. Like, action! Oh, hold up. Yep, he was going to the bathroom. <laughs> hold on, guys. I'll be right back. <laughs> I would have to wear a colostomy bag to get through the day because I'd be constantly going to the bathroom. Like, even if I have, like, three bottles of water, I'm like, oh, fuck, i got to go to the bathroom <laughs> every five minutes. Be right back. <laughs> yeah, so, but I, I can't wait to see him in uh, Deadpool 3 with, with Ryan Reynolds. That's going to be fucking awesome, so... 2024 is going to be good for that. All right, yeah. Gene, moving on. What else are we talking about? <laughs> uh, just the, the last thing I was going to say there was that uh, Jackman had thought that uh, he had, had gone through this process for the final time, but being that he will be appearing in Deadpool 3, um, he <laughs> yeah. has, has had to get get back to dig it. back in uh, to, the, to the process that he needs to pre- prepare to play the role. Yeah, it's going to be uh, awesome. Mm-hmm. He didn't really need to do that for Logan, luckily. Logan, he just kept, and, and, uh, kept the shirt on the entire time. <laughs> and then after, then after Deadpool 3, then we'll see him back on the covers of magazine, Sexiest Man of the Year, da-da-da-da-da. You know. <laughs> uh, if he could beat Ryan Reynolds, I don't know. Tough competition. <laughs> Reynolds. That'd be great to see a competition. He's going to be the sexiest man. Got to give it to Ryan. Oh. I'm going to suck for that That might... That that might be an outtake for uh, Deadpool three. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be a scene in the movie. Who knows? <laughs> the way that they make those movies. <laughs> but all right, Dean. What are we talking about? Uh, it is my belief that one time on this year talking terror program, as a pick of the monkey, uh, we covered the uh, 1980s uh, hit feature film starring. Michael Douglas and Glenn Close called Fatal Attraction. Yep, and it was my pick. <laughs> the reason what a pick. I am bringing that up is because uh, there is a Fatal Attraction uh, series 
uh, that is coming to Paramount Plus that's been given a release date of April 30th. Uh, this series is going to be eight episodes, and it's going to be starring Pacey Witter and Lizzie Kaplan in the main roles. Uh, I mean, Joshua Jackson. A, in, in what is being called a reimagining of the film. So Fatal Attraction series coming to Paramount Plus on April 30th. And if anybody out there uh, in our listening audience would like to provide their Paramount Plus login, I'd really like to watch Tulsa King. Uh, so you can DM us on Instagram and, 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 and hit us up. So, Dean, you could also always Dean. ask me because I obviously have it. I thought that you told me that once that you couldn't share that one because it wasn't yours or something. No. No, that one's mine. Oh, okay. Did was there a time when Paramount Plus you had someone else log in and weren't? No. Was it like the Google Girl's mom or somebody? No, that was Amazon Prime. I would have never have asked you for that. I've had that for seven years. You need to ask him for Paramount Plus. I'm just telling you. You know, I have Oh no, HBO Max. HBO Max uh, through, through that, and that was right. because it goes through uh, through the cable company. Gotcha. And now you can watch all right, Pulse well, the King. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So the 2000 remake of <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Please, somebody will get use out of it, man. I haven't logged into Paramount <laughs> like fucking like three months. Yeah, I just I've heard good things, and I want to watch. So anyway. Uh, back in 2010, we know that there was the very, very, very beloved and successful sequel for The Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, yes. starring Jackie Earl Haley and Rooney Mara. Uh, Ro- uh, Rooney Mara has said that uh, her work on set for The Nightmare on Elm Street remake almost made her quit acting altogether. Oh, uh, obviously, she plays the character of Nancy. She said that working on that film yeah. uh, was such a bad experience that she almost quit acting altogether. She said that she has to be careful about what she says about it, uh, but that is what she revealed. Um, She said that working with David Fincher um, got her interested in in acting again in in her very uh, successful uh, portrayal um, in uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, uh, directed by David Fincher. So... Uh, the, mm. the part of her quote about her having to be careful about what she says sounds like uh, maybe there are some, some legal reasons, but uh, that's my own personal speculation. Well, Rooney Mara has also, she's never talked good about the remake and her involvement. Um, because a couple of years ago, she did an interview where they asked her about it, and she said, yeah, I didn't even really need to audition for that role, really. Like, my agent called me, said, there's this role, you got it, just go in and talk to them, and it's yours. And she's like, ah, okay, fine. So she went in, no audition, just met with them, and they gave her the part, and she's like, eh, this movie's just kind of stupid. Like, you know, she just never really cared for it, so for her to go out now and be like, oh, it was a miserable experience, like, stop talking about it. Like, we don't care. Like, it wasn't a good movie. You're not a good actress. I don't really care what you have to say about it anymore. Like, if you have nothing good to say, don't speak it at all. But, you know, apparently every time she gets an interview, they ask her about it, and she just never has anything nice to say about it, which is fine. The movie wasn't that good anyway, but still. She, she inflates her ego a lot, you know, in a lot of these interviews that I've seen. And not just about that, but with the girl with the dragon tattoo and the other movies she's been in, 
You know, Joaquin Phoenix, well, I don't she, know she, he puts up with her, but... <laughs> she was one of those actresses that, yeah, you know, between the uh, the dragon tattoo and uh, and a couple other roles early was, like, they seem to have her, like, poised to be one of those, like, next big things mm-hmm. that just kind yep. of, like, vanished after, like, I guess the, yep. the, I guess the second dragon tattoo, well, I guess the first movie really didn't do as well as they expected, uh, the second no, one, I don't think I don't think the second one ever happened um, as far as mm. the uh, like the American production version of it. Um, and then yeah, the Nightmare movie didn't didn't help matters either. So and then the, I don't know. Yes, yeah, it's like she kind of disappeared after that. I mean, if anything, she made me appreciate Heather Langenkamp more. And I never thought she was a good actress. Either, <laughs> well, let's be real. Heather Langenkamp is not that good of an actress. I mean, she's no, not exactly. time, like an unknown. She like look. She lucked into like playing a part in a in a horror movie. Uh, you know that no one knew was going to become what it became. Then that puts her in legendary status of the genre. It's not like she like moved on from that to be in all kinds of Hollywood blockbusters. Come on. Mm-mm. No, no. That's why I said it made me actually appreciate Heather Langenkamp. Compared to Rudy Mara, when I saw her in the remake, I'm like, oh, she's really not that good. Then I watched Heather Langenkamp, I'm like, oh, she's not good, but she's not Rudy Mara. <laughs> yeah, but also, do, doesn't Langenkamp have a lot of that attitude, too? You know, the whole thing of, you know, I was never wanted to be a horror person. You know, it was just a gig, blah, blah, blah. Yet, oh, but no. she still kind of, oh, she, but she, she still comes to fucking all loves the cons. No, really? no, she is very adamant about how much she loves Nightmare on Elm Street. And I love the oh, fans, okay. and I love the movies, and I appreciate it, and I love that Nancy's the final girl. No, no, she embraces it. Like, she fucking oh, okay. eats it up. She loves it. Yeah, she's never been like, the, Ugh, it was a movie, whatever. Like, I was meant for better things, like, eight is enough or whatever. No, no, she's always appreciated the fact that people watch that movie and that people embrace Nancy Thompson. And there was a whole documentary about her that she had made called Her Name Was Nancy. Uh, which is all about her involvement with the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So, yeah, she's always oh, been very like, cool. flying that flag of, of, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. So, yeah, unlike Rooney Mara, who's like, you know, it's just a movie and I didn't like it and people are mean to me. Like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Move on. You know, that's why I just I don't appreciate her. Like, she makes it seem like it was below her to do that movie where it's not, you know, it's. You take whatever gig you can get, you know, in Hollywood. And so you should never really turn down anything. If you want to be an aspiring actress or actor, you know, maybe it's going to be good. Maybe it's going to be bad, but whatever. Just fucking take the role. That's what I, you know, yeah. thought. Like, yeah. Work's work. Get all over it. <laughs> work is work. You know, there's going to be hits. There's going to be misses. But still, just take the opportunity because you never know. Like Dina just said, nobody knew a Nightmare on Elm Street in 84 was going to be fucking huge. And then it was. And it became a juggernaut of a franchise. So just never, just don't turn down anything, you know? And if it doesn't work out, don't be like, well, that movie sucked anyway. I'm moving on because I'm working with David Especially me if I'm drunk in a bar. Never turn me down. (laughs) No, well, yeah, no. Monkey learned real quick that day. Always turn the monkey down. Oh, no, yeah, monkey knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) The monkey turned down an opportunity for me that I was like, oh, okay. So... Thank you for doing that for little old King. But anyway, Dean, uh, what's next? What are we talking about? Uh, you were correct, uh, King of Horror, when you said, oh, I bet the Dean is going to have some things to talk about in 
horror news related to Megan. So we have reached Did I say it like that? A part of well, he didn't use that. Jeez, man. Jeez, man. <laughs> it, was, it was something along those get, words. Something along those words. Get, get the get the <laughs> stick out of your butt, <laughs> Pinocchio. <laughs> hey, hey, relax. Why don't and, and monkey? Why don't you just go sit down and, and take the king's advice about how to become an actor? Now. Uh, hey. <laughs> <Megan> <laughs> screenwriter <laughs> Alika Cooper uh, says that she uh, wrote a much gorier, much bloodier, more violent version, and all of this was mm-hmm. changed in the reshoots that we talked about last week, uh, right. where uh, she says that she prefers uh, her uh, bloodier, gory edition, which was created. And she says that she hopes that uh, there will be uh, an unrated cut that is prepared for, for home release so the, the world can see, uh, you know, the, 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 the version of this film that she prefers. We're talking about the screenwriter uh, for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they actually shot that scenes? They did. According yeah, to her? They were shot. So, yeah, she said those, yeah, I, last the, week I talked about those. I talked about this two two weeks of reshoots that I talked about last yeah. week, mm-hmm. uh, which they did and changed and, and turned this into a PG-13 film where the director, um, uh, I can't think of it, Garrett Johnston or something like that, uh, yeah. said yeah. Uh, said that uh, changing this to PG-13 uh, helps it become a, a more effective uh, film. But the screenwriter uh, begs to differ. Yeah, and, and seeing the final product, like I said, it is PG-13, but watching it uh, in the theater, you could tell when they were doing the gore sequences that there was more. Like you could just tell that they had more planned uh, to show you more gore, more blood, you know, and they kind of cut it a little bit. So you could see in the cuts where it's like, okay, obviously they're cutting here because there was a big gore moment, but they're moving away from it because they want to move on with the scenes. Um, there is a great scene with a bully in a park that pushed that PG-13 boundary, but I could tell that it could have been a lot more gory. So if there is an unrated version, I would love to see it because it would only add to the experience because I think there's a lot more with, with Megan and how she kills people that needs to be seen. But as a PG-13 movie, it fucking worked. Like once it got going, it was just nonstop. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of that gore and hopefully it'll be on a physical release. Yeah, we would have we would have seen it this weekend, but again, everybody was down sick, so there was just uh, mm-hmm. yeah. just no, no way to pull it off. No, I recommend. We will it. go yeah, definitely recommend it. So, all right, Dean, moving on. What else are we talking about? In addition uh, to that information about uh, Megan, uh, Megan also has. Uh, come in second place. Um, Avatar 2 continues uh, to steamroll along around the world. Uh, It's over $1.5 billion globally, uh, with just uh, half a billion of that being domestic. So it's doing huge numbers around the world. Uh, There's also, uh, you know, it was released in 2022, so it's still considered a 2022 film. It has passed Top Gun to become the most successful financial film of 2022, uh, and and one little note that I want to include for Megan is that on Friday, uh, Megan actually 
uh, beat Avatar with 11.7 million to 11.4 million. It was only for Friday, but Megan has become the first movie to beat Avatar's box office in any capacity, um, even if it was just oh, for a day. That's a big thing, you know. It's, it's, as silly yeah. as it is, but again, it doesn't surprise me because domestically, Avatar is it's being Not treated good. exactly as as we expected it to be. Um, yeah. Domestically mm-hmm. speaking, you know, it's 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 just yeah. Overseas, I don't know. It's 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 you know, I I only trust those overseas numbers so far. You know, because it's, mm-hmm. it just feels like it's it's real real convenient that those numbers come up the way they need them specifically for for this franchise. So I guess around like the world, Netflix. they must all they must all <laughs> like understand the message of Avatar stronger than us American heathens. Yeah, and and with Megan, like what I talked about last week, I was like, I just hope it breaks the top ten. I was like, I'm not expecting it to fucking break anything. I just hope that it gets like at least top five. And then for us to just get into second place with $30.3 million, I'm like, oh, my fucking God. This rules. I was like, I was so happy that it performed as well as it did because, as we've talked about, January is a dumping ground for horror movies. It's like, we don't fucking believe in this. We're just going to dump it in January. Nobody's going to see this movie. And it fucking made second place. So that's fucking awesome. So I'm sure we're going to see Megan, too. Like, I, I would be very surprised if they're like, yeah, we're not going to continue. We're not going to make another one because – how could you not? You know, those type of numbers. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Saw it coming a mile away. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. You called it. You definitely did. So I was, I was just pleasantly surprised. Uh, but all right, Dean, what's next? What are we talking about? In uh, other news, uh, Tim Miller... Uh, has taken on the details involved in helming reshoots for Borderlands, uh, while it has rumored uh, that Eli Roth has been fired. Uh, they say those rumors are not oh. true, uh, and oh, that Miller true. is yeah. stepping in for two <laughs> weeks of reshoots, reshoots because Roth has stepped away to pre- to prep uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, the feature film oh, version yeah. of the... Uh, trailer he created for the Grindhouse film, uh, the expectation is that this can start shooting uh, as soon as March in order to have it ready uh, for a Thanksgiving season uh, release. Uh, As far as Borderlands is concerned, Eli Roth is still credited as the official director and that rumors of him Mm -hmm. being fired are not true. No, he just stepped away. But but guys, like, when that news broke that he was going to make Thanksgiving, like the fucking horror community lit the fuck up. We're all hugging each other. We're all giving each other high fives. Like, it's fucking happening, guys. It's finally fucking happening. We're finally getting Thanksgiving. We're finally getting that slasher movie. So it was so great to see the horror community just fucking light up with excitement that Eli Roth is going to give us a feature-length Thanksgiving movie. Like, it was, it was awesome. So, you know, I know he stepped away from Borderlands to do this, so it's like, man, I can't fucking wait. I know Monkey, you don't like him. It's fine. But for us that have been waiting since that trailer came out in Grindhouse for Thanksgiving proper, like, it's huge fucking news. Like, it's, it's yeah. Uh, I, well, 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 don't get me wrong. I enjoy his movies. I just don't like him as a person. You know, it's just, have you ever met him? How do you know you don't like him as a person? I would love to meet him. 
<laughs> um, what were you saying, Gould? Oh, no, I was just going to say, you know, like, and I'm, you know, I'm a big gamer. And, you know, like literally even like as, as, as we're speaking right now, like I, I just I continue to kind of keep myself busy. Uh, you know, this way I'm not talking nonstop. I like entertaining myself with a video game. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the idea of Eli Roth doing Borderlands to begin with, which is a game that I've played. Um, I'm actually kind of glad that he's stepped away from that project. Uh, I do hope that uh, that they do find a different director for it because I don't feel like Eli Roth is the right director for Borderlands um, at all. Uh, but, you know, obviously, again, too, being the fact that it's to go make Thanksgiving, yes, I am fucking completely 100% stoked to finally see that film get made. Yeah, and I know nothing believe. about Borderlands, so I can't say whether or not he would be a good director. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I like the fact that he keeps getting projects. That's the only thing I care about. And, you know, and I've told Monkey, like, you know, I know we don't like him as a person, but you got to listen to some of his interviews that he does with Quentin Tarantino, where the fucking dude just lights up talking about horror movies. He loves horror. You know, that's what makes me appreciate Roth as a director. Like, he just, he loves the genre, you know, and to make a faux trailer and have people fucking for like 10, like, plus years be like, please make this movie. The fact that he's finally doing it, it's like a gift. So I can't wait for Thanksgiving this year and going to the theater to see Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Arrive hungry, leave stuffed. White meat, dark meat, <laughs> all be carved. Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And, you know, I, just, I love it. But anyway, Dean, moving on. What else are we talking about? I will tell you what we're talking about. M. Night Shyamalan uh, has... Oh, that guy admitted that when he made Glass, uh, he wanted to connect Glass and the visit, uh, but he chickened Hmm. out. He said that uh, in Glass, when all three of our main characters are in the mental hospital, uh, what he would have wanted to do uh, was to learn that, and I never saw the visit, so I don't know these characters, but uh, Hmm. he would have wanted... Uh, the audience to learn that the characters from the visit um, had some kind of tie-in and history uh, with the hospital, given that these were all like Philadelphia-based characters. Uh, he said that, um, you know, he, 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 he toyed with the idea, but ultimately chickened out and decided not to do it. Um, yeah, I put that on the Talking Terror Facebook page because I've seen the visit and I've also seen Glass, obviously. Um, it would make a lot of sense. Like, I'm, I'm kind of sad that he chickened out um, and didn't connect the two because with, with The Visit, it's a good movie until it gets to that third act and he has to put that twist in there. And then it just takes a lot of fucking just, all right, I got to go back and, and in my mind and just kind of accept this as where we're going. But it would make a lot of sense if those characters, uh, the grandparents in The Visit connected with Glass. It would have been kind of a funny trick. Um, to, to see that happen. But uh, the visit is uh, kind of found footage style. So if you're not a fan of that style, you probably won't like it. But um, again, it's a Shyamalan twist at the end where you're like, oh, I guess I just have to accept that this is what we're doing now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it was actually weird. one that that I, I do agree with you, King. It's one that I really enjoyed until that, that final act kind of kicks in. And then you're what? like, you know, this actually might have been better had they just really kept with, like, without the twist and just let it be this fucked up story that it was turning into. <laughs> yep. 
it would have been so much better if they had done it that way. But they put in that twist where all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit. And you're like, wait, what? And then you have to think about it for a second. You're like, oh, all right, so we're here. So, you know, yeah. It, just, it would have been better if they just kept it the entire way. But it's, just, it's not a bad movie. It's just not great. But first, connect with Glass because I love Glass. And I'm on a I'm like I'm on fan. Although I will be seeing Cabin in the Woods, uh, knock the cabin rather, when it comes out because I saw the trailer for it. There were Meg, uh, Megan, and I was like I gotta give this a shot because I do like Batista and he's actually a fucking good actor, unlike The Rock who just keeps fucking making movies. Like, I just want to see Batista keep lo- making movies. I love the uh, like the poster of it where you see the four of them like standing there because you could just because mm-hmm. I know the one on the right is is Ron Weasley. From uh, from the Harry Potter <laughs> yeah. series, Harry Potter, uh, yeah. and, and and I don't know about the other two actors or, or actress or, or whatever, but like Batista is just so massive compared to all three <laughs> yeah. of them, but especially Weasley, who I know is not like a he's not a small person, you know, he's an average sized male, but seeing Batista, just, it just makes you realize how big some of these WWE guys like really are because he's fucking gigantic. No, he's massive. And that's part of the reason why he didn't want to do any more of the Guardians movies or work for the MCU because he's like, dude, I just can't do it anymore. I can't keep fucking working out and getting bulked up and huge for these movies. I don't want to take my shirt off anymore. But honestly, I think he's a good that's actor. Sensitive like, I've nipples. seen a couple of his movies. And sensitive he's actually nipples. a good actor. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> you know, but... I've seen a couple of movies that he's done. Like he did a heist movie with Robert De Niro a couple of years ago. That was actually really fucking good. So I actually like him as an actor. Like I said, uh, compared to the rock, I, I've never really liked the rock as an actor. Like I think John Cena is a good actor, but yeah, the rock keeps making fucking movies, man. <laughs> Somebody needs to tell him to take a break. Rock's a global star, man. Yeah. I don't understand why. Like I've never seen a movie he's been in where I'm like, I, I like that guy in that movie. It's, he's just the rock in every movie. <laughs> It's it's not like, oh, wow, I'm, but I'm you being transported like to this character. I love The Rock. I don't give a fuck if he's The Rock in every movie. I like The yeah. Rock in every yeah, movie. Can, can't, you, can't you even smell what he's cooking? <laughs> I don't want to smell what he's cooking anymore. <laughs> Except I for that fucking Hobbs rock. I mean, I'll say that. The, the Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> movie can go back in the fucking – they can go back to the kitchen, go back in the fridge, throw it in the fucking garbage, <laughs> yeah. whatever the fuck they want to do with oh, it. Just put, God, it, that movie put sucks it somewhere so bad. else besides my screen. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dean. What else are we talking about? Don't we you got? love it when he finally comes back home, King? No. I wish you would just say <laughs> He loves it when he, when he smells what he's cooking. But, uh, you know, did anybody watch the Redfield trailer? Yes. Yeah. Did you guys watch it? Uh, Dean? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, Gould, what did you think about the Renfield trailer? Uh, you know, it's – I wish – and here again, I, I know you guys, like, you you sit upon and, and worship at the throne that is Nicolas Cage. Uh, I know no, that's, no, that's I know. the king. <laughs> I, yeah, that's the me. King. I am – all Red Cage. Okay, so, 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 so that can smell what Nicholas Cage is cooking. He definitely yeah. can. So. <laughs> he definitely can. Um, Probably mess. <laughs> for me, you know, I'm a, I, I, I can take him. I can leave him. You know, there, there's certain performances that I'll uh, I'll enjoy, and then there's other times where I'm like, you know what, man, this is just fucking annoying. Why don't you just act like a normal person? Uh, you know, seeing him as Dracula, 
could be fun. Um, but, you know, more so, though, I did find this, this whole entire idea of Nicholas Holt as, as Renfield to be quite interesting because he's, a, uh, he's, he's one of those actors that, you know, when he turns up and stuff, I, I end up enjoying him. And and that that is kind of where I'm at here. So so yes, I'm interested in seeing Renfield and seeing what it delivers. I don't think the trailer uh, gives too much information away, which is a good thing. I'm hoping really that the trailer is just that that, that we're not going to see most of the scenes in the trailer in the movie itself. Mm-hmm. And Dean, what do you think about the Renfield trailer? Um, you know I. Like, in hearing what it was about, like, in advance, like, it, I feel my thoughts from the trailer were the same as when I heard about it. Like, like, I, like, I'm interested in it, but I just, I don't know that I'm, like, that interested in it. You know, like, the trailer was cool and all, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Monkey, what'd you think? Hey, what is going on in the background? <laughs> There's some sex happening in the background. <laughs> it sounds like somebody's. It sounds like somebody's watching some porn, <laughs> and I'm not there. Um, but yeah, it's. it's, it's <laughs> Why you want to watch it, porn it, with the hosts? <laughs> you guys uh, have like weird ideas of what I, porn I, sounds like. You. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually I, a baby. Cry. I would. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to sit you all down and make you watch some of the hentai I watch. But anyway, oh, no yeah. Desire <laughs> <laughs> but but Renfield, it like it looks interesting, but at the same time, it has this weird uh feel to it, like almost like Scott Pilgrim versus the world, you know, kind <laughs> of, you know, this slacker trying to rise up and you know find his individuality it it kind of has that kind of feel to it so it's just you know we'll just have to see i guess with it but then you know as long as they sit there and can keep aquafina in check and don't let her go yeah aquafina then i I think it'll be a fun movie Uh, you know i find her like she's a weird one you know i when when she's funny she's really fucking funny but when you're right, when there's too much of her, it's like, okay, that's enough. Please back off just, just <laughs> yep. a little bit. Just slow mm-hmm. down. Yeah. 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 And yeah. You, I, I, you, you never go full Aquafina. <laughs> no, you never do. Um, and I like the trailer. I, I like Nicholas Holt as an actor. You know, I think he's done a couple of good movies that I like. Um, I just, I don't want it to be all about Nicholas Cage. Like, I want the story to be about him, and then Nicholas Cage shows up from time to time as Dracula you know, and just kind of foils him. Uh, I like the fact that Dracula bestowed him powers. So whenever he eats bugs, all of a sudden he could become superhuman, you know, and help defeat villains and shit like that. But he's also going to the meetings to talk about how he's just in this overbearing relationship with his boss um, and just doesn't like it anymore. And they're all like, yeah, you just got to cut that off. And he's like, I just wish it was that easy. He's like, maybe if I do, uh, I'll cut down his power. And he's like, I don't know what that means, but you're probably right. I just, I love it when he shows up at the end. And he's like, all right, well, come on in, man. Join me. He's like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he just, and he shows up looking like Paul Veet from The Man Who Laughs from 1929, you know, with that big smile on his face, and he's got the top hat on. And then he's like, I am Dracula. And then he starts floating in the air. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in this. Like, I just hope he's not overly used. Like, don't overly yes, use I agree. him in this movie, and it's going to be great. 
like just give us touches of him as Dracula and make it about Nicholas Holt as Renfield. Like it's his movie. So that's what I'm kind of hoping for. Like if you give me too much Dracula, it's going to kind of be bad. <laughs> so just give me touches of the character. And especially that final one of the trailer. That's it. Like, you know, yes, I'm, I'm with it. Love it. But just don't give me too much. You know, just like you said about Aquafina. You know, don't go full Dracula. You know, just give me <laughs> just hints of him throughout the movie and make him the badass that he is as Dracula. But you can just tell watching the trailer that Nicolas Cage had a fucking great time making it. And that's what really oh, sold geez. me on is that you can just yeah. tell he is loving the fuck out of playing this character. You know, he, he's <laughs> loving every second of what he has, wearing the big fucking cape, wearing the top hat. Like, he's just yeah. having a great time. And I love the look because he looks a lot like Christopher Lee mixed with Bela Lugosi mixed with Paul V, like I had said, from The Man Who Laughs. So I, yeah, I but was also digging Kiss the of the Vampire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just just digging the look. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I fucking love that movie, though. But anyway, uh, so do you, do you have anything else to talk about in horror news before we get into the movie? Uh, probably. And I will tell you that... Uh, for the final upcoming final season of Stranger Things, the uh, cast has all received uh, quite the pay raise uh, from Netflix for the final season. So uh, this is tiered out. So top tier, $9.5 million for the season is only for Winona Ryder and David Harbour, the adult leads. In the second Good tier... For her. Yeah, right. Second tier, uh, $7 million for the second tier. The four boys, uh, as well as Sadie Sink, who plays Max, who actually uh, had to convince uh, Netflix of her importance to, to because she wanted to be in tier two as opposed to tier three, where you will find uh, other stars important. such as Joe Keery, uh, Maya Hawke, um, Charlie Heaton. Uh, mm-hmm getting $6 million, and then finally, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, who plays Eleven, uh, she has a separate uh, deal that she's had with Netflix. It's an overall, she gets paid for the series as part of her overall Netflix deal. Apparently, she has some kind of lucrative o- overall Netflix well, deal that's not just specific well, she, to Stranger Things. Yeah, well, she also has that Enola Holmes series, so, so it's probably, probably tied into the other, other things that she, she's doing with them. Right, right. Yes. But still, get that and then, and yes, and then, yeah. then, yes. And then finally, uh, a couple things here. James Wan uh, has become another voice out there in the genre who says that he does not believe uh, in elevated horror. Uh, he does not believe Good. it. He says to him, to him, uh, there is no elitism in, in horror, that all horror is at the same level. And, in horror, you have your serious movies and your goofy movies and everything in between, and it's all horror. Uh, this goes along with the King's favorite, Joe Bob Briggs, saying that it's a term for people who hate horror. Uh, that yeah. uh, It's a term that people who yep. hate horror use for horror films that they like. And uh, John Carpenter states that he doesn't even know what it means. Uh, and just on that note also, uh, James Wan, in, when talking about this, said that uh, he would like to remake, uh, there's a couple f- films that he would like to remake, uh, including Night of the Creeps 
and a personal favorite of mine, uh, Chopping Mall, a.k.a. Killbots. Uh, whether those oh, will actually happen, uh, whether yeah. that will actually happen, uh, who knows, uh, but we shall see. Yes, Chopping Mall is one of my old, old favorites um, from long ago. So, um, and there, there, there you have it. Cover that. Night of the Creeps too, man. Tom Atkins is still nice, around, nice. baby. Bring him back as right now. Put the same character. <laughs> yeah. And I would still buy it. If he just shows up a little older, I would love him to come back for Night of the Creeps. If James Maybe a little bit burnt up. <laughs> it will. It will, Crispy. But anyway, so yeah, I, I, I would love either of those <laughs> to be updated. Uh, especially with technology, the way that it is. Chopping Mall could definitely fucking own. I love that movie. Like the demon said, he loves it too. But anyway, so I guess that is it for horror news. So we're going to turn to you, Mad Monkey. It is your film pick of the week, Legend from 1985, directed by Ridley Scott. Uh, give us a synopsis and what you thought about it. All right. So tonight we journey into the world of Legend, a world full of breathtaking beauty, endless wonder, and pure magic. It's a realm full of mischievous pixies, horny fairies, dancing elves, drunken dwarves, and no pants. <laughs> and all this out of nope. in the world because there are also menacing goblins, carnivorous old hags, and other forces of evil. Evil that wants to bring in eternal darkness and possibly pants to the land by hunting down and destroying the last remnants of purity and love, the unicorn. All right. I picked this movie because this year I said I'm trying to bring some good old creature features back into the mix. <clears throat> some fun movies with some mo- fun monsters in them. So when it comes to creatures and monsters, ah, yeah, there's none more badass than the devil. And there's almost no, no devil more badass than Tim Curry in this film. I mean, it's legend. Yeah. I know it. You know it. We, we all know it. We all grew up on this film. This is one of those, like, really special films that could be put into a VCR on cable, and everyone could watch it and love it. Because the world they build in this film is so huge on the screen. Like, there's just so much attention to detail. Like, this film, like, is... Like, in my opinion, everybody should own this thing in their library. But I also specifically said that we're going to be covering the theatrical cut. And for mm-hmm. those of you running to the store to buy the, yourself's copy, a couple things you should know. For us American fans of the film, there are three versions available. And I know because I have all three. <laughs> There's the regular cut DVD, which is the closest to the old school feel you're going to get for a VHS copy that we used to have. It's a great copy if you still want all those really, really dark shadows and whatnot. All right, then there's the director's cut. And director's cut, they do a really good job of cleaning up this film. I mean, really, really good. But um, that being said, you better just get ready for the glitter because there is lots and lots and lots of glitter. But my main gripe with the director's cut is it's a little bit longer, but they explain things that are missing from the other versions. But it's also missing the Tangerine Dream soundtrack, which I think is just really, really fucking vital. Then lastly is the Ultimate Edition, which has both the director's cut and a cleaned-up version of the theatrical film. So now you two can revel in all the glory knowing if you want to sit there and buy a copy of Legend, just be wary of which copy you want and what you want from it. All right, that's it, guys. <laughs> all right, so cool. What do you think about Legend? <clears throat> Ooh, um, 
Hey, you know, like, <laughs> it's one of those. Like, okay, so so look, I caught this movie years ago. You know, obviously, um, you know, big, big '80s staple. Remember seeing it in the video store, and you know, I'm I'm a fantasy fan. I like these kind of movies. I liked as a kid. I like these kind of cartoons. I love the never-ending story. You know, the, even, listen, even the masters of the universe, okay, you know, in, in my mind, wow. was a fantasy-style film. It kind of was. You know, no, no matter what, like, I'm a Crow fan. I fucking love the movie Dude. Crow. Oh, I got, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I hate this movie. Oh, I hate God. this movie. I need to see this oh. movie. I need to now see the director's cut of this film. Because, see, if you would have told us to watch the director's cut to begin with, I might have a totally different opinion and a new opinion of this film. But, see, being as I watched the theatrical or whatever, the regular version that I've seen a thousand times, and I still have all of the same problems with it, the movie is a jumbled mess. Okay, the fucking story mm-hmm. makes zero sense. The, 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 the music that you're talking about is shit. And you want to know why it's shit? Because it got put together in three weeks. They removed the original soundtrack and had Tangerine Dream come in and fucking put that shit fucking sword together. There's still glitter on the fucking screen. So you can't tell me the director's cut is going to cut out or add all that much more glitter. Because all I see is fucking twinkly winks and fucking glitter and creatures that don't make any sense. So the director's cut of this movie better be damn fucking good because I'm going to have to buy this shit to watch it so I can see all 113 minutes of what Ridley Scott's fucking vision is and maybe hear a good soundtrack while I'm at it. That's what I think about Legend because, you know, aside from that, Sarah is a good-looking girl. She's a good-looking girl. And I got the, the, the ghoul girl said it perfectly. She did, because she, she doesn't hate this movie, right? She doesn't. I'm surprised, because she hates Tom Cruise. She only likes the first ten minutes of this movie. Because, you know, watching Mia Sarah frolic around and be all innocent and all this and that, and then, boom, everything else kicks in, and it's like, nope, bye, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, Dean, what did you think about Legend? Uh, interesting case here for me. So I've seen this movie like, you know, a gajillion times back in the day. And it, I, what I recall is that um, I didn't see it upon its release. I caught it, I'm sure, like many people, because, uh, you know, it, it was a, a, a big flop in the movie theater. But um, like many people saw it on, on cable TV. And this is, uh, you know, Tom Cruise was working prolifically at the time. And when I saw Legend, I had already seen uh, Taps, uh, Risky Business, Top Gun, Cocktail. Well, maybe not Cocktail. Um, definitely uh, um, all the right moves and when like none of those movies are anything like uh, Legend as far as Legend being like a fantasy epic style film Um, you know and being that Top Gun came out less than a year later and I had seen Top Gun Top Top Gun catapulted him into into, into megastardom and yeah. uh, when I did see this, when I did catch this film on 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 cable, and saw Tom Cruise, it was I I I, I so very vividly remember uh, how surprising it was to see him in 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 such fare because it's not like he had been anywhere near any kind of movie like this before. Um, so anyway, 
I know that in its time, I very much enjoyed it. I was a fan of this movie. I also did not know for years uh, that that this was a, t- a, a Tim Curry performance, for real. I didn't know that for, for years and years and years until after I saw it. Mm. And it blew my mind when I, when I learned that. But um, I was a fan of this movie then and, and not so much now. This is just a... Uh, it's obviously a product of its time when there was so much uh, films in this kind of way, thinking about things like Labyrinth and The Dark Crystal and, and, and other films of, of that ilk. But it's just it's just not something I'm into into now. Like it was it was almost in, like hard for me to watch it in a way now. Um, it just just didn't just not my thing. Um, and as for me, yeah, I had seen it years ago kind of forgot about it. I just remember Tim Curry being badass in his darkness and all that prosthetic makeup with the horns. And I appreciate all those scenes, but the monkey and I have very different views on what considers a creature feature. <laughs> For me, creature feature is like them, uh, Empire of the Ants, uh, you know, any of those 50s movies where it's, you know, uh, animals becoming huge for no fucking reason. He finally got me to watch a fucking fantasy Science. movie for the show. There's always a reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, it's, it's atomic like he, and, and the monkey's always saying, you know, sometimes I go horror adjacent, sometimes I go horror. This movie was in a fucking entire different city. It's not even horror adjacent. It's a fantasy movie. So yeah, I was, uh, I didn't like it. So I, I'm not a big fan of Tom Cruise. So anytime Tim Curry showed up as darkness, I was like, okay, this is cool. But then we have to cut right back to fucking Tom Cruise running around going, oh my God, wow, <laughs> wow, like, just surprised by fucking everything that's happening. It's just, it, it, it's not my cup of tea. It's, it's really not. Um, you know, it, it's a fantasy movie. And I fucking hate fantasy movies. So you could just see my delight watching Legend going, oh my God, there's no horror in this movie. It's a fucking fantasy movie. And just the why there's so many fucking too. unicorns. <laughs> oh! Um, <laughs> but uh, let's get into my narration because there's a fucking lot. Uh, so the movie begins with a crawl where we find out that at one time the world was shrouded in darkness. Then someone was like, oh, shit, the light switch has been off the entire time. So that's when all of a sudden love and life were brought into the universe. So then the fucking Lord of Darkness was like, oh, damn, light, my only weakness. So he got the fuck out of Dodge and then began plotting his return to power by getting rid of light forever. But what he didn't count on was unicorns they're both mystical and the protectors of light so like the unicorns can't be harmed by the lord of darkness and only the most pure can find them so like this dude named jack lives in the woods with a bunch of fucking animals like a true fucking hobo that he is uh, and then there's this girl <laughs> named lily who is in ferris bueller's day off and she's fucking hot but we don't get enough of that um she is like super in love with jack they're both innocent and probably haven't showered in a long time because they both live in the woods and there's no running water uh, but they both believe there's only goodness in the world. So aside from possibly having some freaky forest sex, they also learn that there can be no good without evil, no love without hate, no heaven without hell, no light without darkness, and no fucking Van Halen without Daily Rock, by the way. Just going to put it out there. That's <laughs> Van, Van, yeah, Van Halen. <laughs> Disagree. That's I agree, Matty totally. <laughs> so... Anyway, in order for the universe to be super chill, it needs to allow both busts of both worlds, Hagar and Roth, which I disagree with. But that gives birth to legends. So we're in a forest, and there's this goblin uh, named Blix who sees his castle, and he's running through the woods. 
we cut to inside where things are being tortured by firelight. The Lord of Darkness seems bored watching all this happen. He's super tired of being exiled and not the baddest motherfucker in the universe. Blix shows up, and we find out that he's being tasked with going after the unicorns. So the Lord of Darkness sends Blix out to destroy them, bring him their horns. Blix is instructed to use Innocence as bait, which I guess is Lily, as she's frolicking through the forest going, la, 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 I love everything, I love Jack. So, of course, we have Blix following her along with his pals, Pox and Blunder. She's going in search of her boyfriend, Jack, who scares her by jumping from a tree, doing his own stunts, by the way, because it's fucking Tom Cruise, and handing her some Scientology literature, I'm sure, and asking her if she wants to go for an audit. <laughs> so after explaining to her for like a fucking half a day about Xenu, they head off into the screen to have far sex, a lot of kissing, a lot of touching, but, of course, Tom Cruise doesn't want to get down like that. So Lily is like, hey, tell me about my future. He's like, nah, I got something cool to show you. It's going to be super fucking cool. So he blindfolds Lily and takes her away. Ladies, if you ever encounter Tom Cruise in real life and he says, come follow me and put the blindfold on you, don't go. Because you're only going to be locked up and, and put into a side. <laughs> and it's not, going to be eyes wide. it's not going to be eyes wide shut either. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you're going to be L. Ron Hubbard to death. So eventually Jack takes off the blindfold and Lily sees unicorns that sound like fucking whales or something. Like, like, you know, that fucking weird noise. As long as unicorns are around, evil can never win. Lily asks if she can speak unicorn, but they only express love and laughter. What does that sound like? We will never know. But Lily tries to get closer look at them, but Jack is like, whoa, you can't fucking do that. Like, you can't fucking touch him. I mean, you can look at him from the Because yeah, <laughs> here she is, a cunt. You know, here we have sacred animals, and she's like, ooh, let me go pet it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's, it's so a selfish cunt right Lily's there. about to touch the unicorn, Blix shoots a poison dart into it, and it flees. Lily goes to find Jack, but he's fucking super pissed at her. You can't go fucking touch a unicorn. That's what brings evil. So Blix and company chase after the unicorn that was poisoned as the dark clouds begin to roll in. Lily apologizes and tries to kiss him, but he's like, ew, I don't like your kisses anymore. They're gross. And she's like, I wonder why. Well, <laughs> if you know anything about Tom Cruise, you'll know why. So Lily shows him a ring and then throws it into the water saying that she'll marry whoever finds it. So Jack is after it just like a fat kid in an all-you-can-eat buffet. Lily screams okay. for him, but he's too busy. Yes, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> this is the, the big-ass waterfall thing I just thought was super fucking impressive just because it, 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 it was part of this huge set that they uh, – really scotting them built inside the 007 studio it's like you know they built this entire fucking forest in this set you know and i i just thought the entire thing was super fucking impressive that they did this whole thing they littered the entire set with actual animals so it was like a real fucking forest it was really really cool until the motherfucker caught on fire and burnt down <laughs> was that pinewood studios monkey or is that another studio yeah. i'm thinking of yeah, it, yeah, it was okay, Pinewood yeah. Studios. Yeah, Pinewood Studios. It was yeah, the, yeah, the classic 007 set. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, of English productions were shot there, which is a famous studio. Um, but Blix and the Goblins track down the unicorn and cut up its horn, which causes winter to happen, nearly causing Jack to get trapped under the now freezing water. Jack frees himself, Fuck, we Lily, are... but she's already run off in terror. So Lily's like, oh, shit, <laughs> there's a cottage. i got to find it. And she goes in, and everybody inside is frozen. She sees Blix and the goblins coming and try to hide. Blix shows off how it could use the unicorn horn to perform magic. Lily overhears how they've used her as bait as well, and she's like, fuck, I was bait? Wow, that sucks. 
So they decide to bail on the cottage because they don't want to keep the duck old lady. So after they leave, Lily decides that she's going to make things right as Jack continues to search the forest for her. Jack eventually falls asleep and is awoken to fucking hilarity in the form of a forest child known as Honeythorn Gup. He's the cousin of Forrest, as we find out later on in the movie. We don't, but I like to make it fact Forrest Gump. <laughs> a fairy named Una and two dwarves named Brown Tom and Screwball also show up. Jack tells Gump that he took Lily to see the Gump. Gump is like, wow, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got your so, woman, Outlander. <laughs> where, 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 where the fuck is the keytar? Okay, because I mean they're obviously they're, they're totally borrowing off the fucking masters of the universe with these dwarves here. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, but so many of those films were all used to doing the same shit at that time too. That's something that's, yeah. that I feel like is important to think about. This, this, this mm-hmm. is true. Well, this is true. So, uh, you know, Jack is you know, mad at Gump, and Gump's mad at him for showing her the unicorns, but then they decide to have some fucking forest wine and fucking mushrooms off of Gump's fingers, because that's what you well, do. because it's love. You just take a break. Cheers to love. So, Jack continues to search for Lily, accompanied by his forest friends. They eventually discover the dead unicorn and the other surviving unicorn as it mourns for its fallen partner. Jack apologizes and begs for forgiveness from the living unicorn, and that's when Jack returns to the group and they ask what happened. He tells them that they have to get the alicorn back so that the world can return back to normal. By the way, alicorn is the fucking horns I cut off. I had struggled with that fucking name because I kept forgetting what the fuck it was called. I was like, unicorn horn, but no, it's called the alicorn because it fucking makes magic or whatever. Uh, so anyway, they need to find a champion pure at heart, which just so happens to be Jack. <laughs> All right. I oh, fuck. So, <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Brown Tom is like, yeah, I'll stay behind and protect the unicorn. Uh, Mayor, we go off and find all the fucking weapons. And (laughs) Una got Jack through a tunnel or maybe a cave, whatever the fuck it is. It's filled with books and clothing and weapons. Una suddenly takes awkward female form. (laughs) And she's like, hey, Jack, wow. This is what I look like fuck as me. a person. Fuck me, fuck and me, she's fuck like, me, Jack. Fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, Jack. <laughs> and only you will know what I look like. It'll be our secret. And by the way, Tom Cruise has a lot of secrets, so he's okay with keeping this one too. So <laughs> we move on. As he finds a sword and puts his sweaty hand on it, as we see Lily has followed Blix and company back to Darkness's pad as they celebrate the alicorn because now people will be super stoked on goblins. And that's when Big Dude shows up, and he's like, the fuck are you doing, you fucking goblins? And Blunder, he's like, oh, wow, I'm going to take Fucking Vince McMahon over there is the darkness. Because he just shows up out of nowhere, and he's like, what are you guys doing in my fucking house? And Blunder's like, I'm going to take over. And he's like, oh, funny. You're going to jail, bitch. And he's like, no. And he gets fucking dragged away to a dungeon. As Blix and, you know, Pox are like, oh, shit, Big D's mad. I am mad. You have to kill the other unicorn, motherfuckers. And, like, oh, shit, yeah, I probably should have done that. He's like, get out of here. I was trying to listen to Black Sabbath, and you guys fucking interrupted me. Okay. (laughs) They fucking traipse off to go kill the other unicorn, the mayor. Uh, And that's when Lily manages to find her way back to Brown Tom. She apologizes for what she did and tells him that Darkness is sending his goblins to get the mayor. Just as she says this, the goblins show up and incapacitate Brown Tom before leaving with Lily and the mayor. And that's when the company <laughs> shows back up to found Brown Tom is alive. 
and they make a run for it back towards Big D's house to find Lily and the mayor. I just love the fact that they just called him Big D. I was like, because again, Monkey, you say it's the devil in this movie, and I don't think Darkness is a devil. I think he's a fucking demon. I don't think he's Satan. Like he's not. I didn't say he was the devil. I said he was a devil. I said he was a devil. I I mean I and like it's it, just but again, with like I said, it, yeah, but when we get to the actual I, design and stuff like that, it's like okay, all red, big it, ass fucking big, horns, yeah. go, you know, goat goat legs. It's like you know during the eighties when this was coming out and Satanic Panic was at its peak. You know, all oh, the parents was, yeah. were going fucking <laughs> yeah, they were going fucking nuts about this because it's fucking Satan right there on the fucking movie poster, man. They were going nuts about Legend. Like, Nobody saw Legend. Really? I don't remember that. <laughs> Nobody saw it. No, they were going after his iconography. They were. Monkey is right. Yeah. Because I remember back then, they were they were posting pictures of Tim Curry as as darkness. And like, this you is what I are watching. Not even yet, King? I've done research on the Satanic Panic. I've talked about this numerous times. And yes, I was born in 84. The Satanic Panic was still going on in the 90s. <laughs> I still remember Cops at Halloween saying, oh, there's going to be satanic groups coming up in black vans to kidnap you on Halloween, so you better protect That's yourself. That's what I mean, so, but, yeah. you said, but, but, but you remember them saying you better watch out. Here comes, here comes the devil as played by Tim Curry. Uh, I've been in Pathmark numerous times. There were six tracks with those fucking pictures in there. It was plastered everywhere. So, yes, I do remember the legend demon. I didn't know the movie, but I saw a big fucking guy with horns, and they were saying that's the devil. So they weren't like, this is from the Ridley Scott 1985 movie Legend, by the way, look out. Like, no. like this is the fucking Star- Starring Tom Cruise. <laughs> you might want to check him out. I, I think if, uh, and for and for the demon and for Tom the ghoul, Cruise and Mia Farrow. Yeah, and for the ghoul and the demon, I went to Our Lady of Mercy's CCD classes on Wednesday nights when I was a kid. And yes, they had that fucking picture of fucking Tim Curry as the devil. And they used that to talk about how hell got created. And I was like, this is weird. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So was it there before he got there? <laughs> so hell existed before Christ took him down? Like, I don't get it. So, yeah, I got kicked out of CCD. That's, you know, the story. Christ didn't take I wasn't allowed back. down, man. See, he yeah, didn't so pay attention. Was, he just was micromanaging at that point. So, anyway, while on the swamp, <laughs> Jackie Tanner's a swamp hag known as Meg Mucklebones. She wants to eat him for disturbing her sleep. So he's like, hey, you're not going to eat me, right? And she's like, oh, I'm so going to fucking eat you. And he's like, well, I'll just cut your fucking head off. And he fucking cuts the hag's head off. So off with your head. no more Mucklebones. <laughs> so they decide they have to make their way back to the castle. And that's when the group falls down into a prison cell where Blunder is still fucking waiting his fate. He reveals himself to be a fairy that has gone astray, and then he tells them that they're all going to be barbecued. Barbecue? Really? Well, at least barbecue. He gets fucking dragged screaming <laughs> to be baked into a fucking pie. For some reason, they're all about pastries <laughs> in fucking darkness's world. I like pies. Yes, I like my pies. That's baked. what it was. He was a fairy gone astray. Like, I, I, yeah, see, again, like these are things that I like really did not find. In the movie. Yeah, no, they don't really explain a, it there. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Again, d- director's cut. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it's, it's which we were told not to watch, to watch just, which is which isn't available <laughs> digitally any. It's not available digitally anyway. I, I, I checked as soon as this movie was over because I was like, you know what? I watched this today, and I, I was willing to watch the director's cut today just so that I could fucking see the differences here and uh, and feel like I, I came away with a, a happier like movie experience. But uh, but no, I just had a laugh. It's not available. Oh, wait a minute. The stuff that happened to him was a, del- a deleted scene alternate opening that Ridley Scott shot but never actually put into production. Sorry, my mistake. No, you're right. But yeah, yeah it is, it, but, but it is on the it is on the edition that I have. <laughs> that's that's how he ends up with the one fucked up hand. <laughs> I just so love the fact it? that you have three fucking editions. Because it makes me feel better about my fucking Night of the Living Dead collection, where I have four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one that has yeah. multiple copies. Well, well, yeah, we have those, and then we still ha- I believe we still have our copy on VHS as well. <laughs> so there you go. So Jack wants to say blunder as Una shows up and reveals herself to the group, saying she'll do what he asks, but she needs a big old smooch first. And Jack's like, no, I don't, don't even like girls. But, you know, <laughs> it's going to be so gross. But fine. Yeah. So he gives her the friend kiss, but she's like, dude, kiss me like a real fucking man. He's like, what's a real man? And she's like, oh, God. So anyway. <laughs> and she, then everyone else in the cell is like, pull out your dick and give her the business. And he's like, what are you even talking you know, about? Kiss me like for me, kiss Jack. Me like the king, kiss if you don't fuck it, I'll kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> so she turns herself into Willie so she'll get a real kiss from Jack. And he's like, well, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it because you're not willing. And she's like, oh, fuck, God damn it. Like, Which is, so, I, but here's the, here's the thing with all of this, right? So now I know mm-hmm. Crow comes out before this movie. And this shit is stolen directly from Crow. Like, you know, besides some it? of the, yeah. the, the, the demon, I, uh, you know, the, 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 the shit you're getting with the Tim Curry demon and everything. But even like this, there was mm. the shape changer. And the shape changer takes on the fucking visage of, of his girlfriend and is telling him, like, you know, make love to me. Kiss me. Love me. And then it was like, but no, I can't. I can't do that because, you know, true love is what will save the day. Blah, 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 blah. Crow is such an awesome <laughs> movie. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. I've only what, heard of it, and I'm like, you... I'm never going to watch this. This could be your next creature, creature monkey. Make us watch Crow for your next pick. I'm down. Nah. <laughs> I, 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 I won't pick it, but I'll definitely watch it. So, Una turns back into a ball of light and leaves him behind. Great, Jack. You didn't just fucking think of Willie while you kissed her, you motherfucker. We hate you, Jack. He's like, hey, guys, hey, hey, all right? I'm not the one girl, man. <laughs> I can only handle one girl at a time. So, but anyway, Una's like, uh, fuck you guys, I'm back, and I'll free you. <laughs> they all get out of the cell. It didn't matter anyway. She's like, ah, I was just fooling with you guys. I was having fun. Us fairies like this goof. So the group splits up with Brown Tom and Screwball parting with Gump and Jack. Meanwhile, Darkness laments to his father that he's distracted by a woman. His father tells him to charm her or seduce her. Bring her to you, as we see Willie wandering the castle, as well as Una just kind of spying on her. And she's like, what does this girl have that I don't? I have tits. And it's like, oh, no, I Sarah. If the universe was to go to darkness, then who's this bigger bad than, than him? 
if he is Alan Hubbard. They're just uh, yeah. It's it's um, even when you watch the director's cut, it's just these entities and forces hanging out in the castle with them. Um, the mother's character is this weird ass fucking shadow character with these weird ass eyes and the father character is just don't, don't ruin the director's the, uh, for me think if these, <laughs> things get, these things get shown <laughs> yeah, like, like, like you're going to watch it but then you know yeah, I you had me, the and, the uh, I he said it yeah, from Amazon love of God okay. but it's just it's these other like these like voices of the universe if you will you know Okay, so just voices, I guess. So not (laughs) actually a father, just voices. So kind of like Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt, bringing it back. (laughs) Got it, Captain Howdy. So he's not—he's not like Lucifer to like to to the devil himself. Like you know, he's not like the son of the son of the devil. Well, I don't want to give you any spoilers because you asked me not to do that. Thank you for your mind. Oh, okay. There you go. Thank you. Well, thank you. That's here's a non-spoiler spoiler. I'll take it. So Tom and Gump get attacked by some deadites in this weird fucking hallway because they're all like, oh, fucking attacking them. They're like, what the fuck was that? And they're like, I don't know. So they just continue back to find where Lily is. And Lily uh, finds her way into Darkness's throne and finds a table full of treasure. She opens up a box of light, removes a big dazzling necklace. She spins around bling, bling. and then suddenly notices a dark entity dancing towards her. She eventually starts dancing with this dark entity, which zaps her into a gothic version of her former self. She gets hot. She, it's the, Darkness appears it's the 80s. in the mirror. She's just dancing with herself. <laughs> and I'm drinking, another drink, and I'm dancing with myself. <laughs> Billy Ed was great in this fucking sequence. I was like, Darkness is right hand hand. Oh, Roy! Roy! Oh, wow, Billy Idol. <laughs> yeah. hey, Billy it's Idol is like... now. <laughs> so, darkness appears out of a mirror, and he causes Lily to pass out. She awakens, terrified of him. She isn't pleased with the bridal gown, but darkness says he is firming. Whoa, 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 man. But, whoa, but it's like now we're getting, like, the actual reveal of the darkness. And first time, you know, using, like, John Carpenter, like, you know, effects here of coming through the mirror, you know, therefore, again, you know, darkness, evil, you know, mirrors, that, that all Prince that bullshit. Effect, yeah. Yes. You yeah. know, and... And again, it's it, impressive. It, it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just full-on, eight-and-a-half-feet-tall, demonic fucking Tim Curry. Cool as fucking shit. <laughs> and an all-time figure done by McFarlane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I said... The best part of this movie is fucking Tim Curry as Darkness. Like, if it wasn't for him, this movie would be just fucking abysmal. Like, you know, you have to have Tim Curry in this role completely. Well, he's the reason. All the makeup. Yes. He's the reason so, I picked this movie is his portrayal of the darkness, him being this big ass demonic demon devil thing. Yes, the, he is why I picked the movie. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I completely agree. So uh, she's in this black dress that's the wedding dress. And, of course, Darkness says, I, I need you. I love you. Like, you can't wear white for your wedding. And uh, they're going to have a black wedding, not like a white wedding like Billy Idol would have. All right, white wedding. No, it's a black <laughs> wedding, Billy. So, so uh, <laughs> he tells her that she committed a fucking sin. She touched the unicorn. That's a big fucking no-no. 
and we see Gump and Jack show up, and they're listening to the conversation, and then they find out through darkness that the only way he could be killed was by light. He can only be killed by daylight. So it's like, my only weakness, my kryptonite. And I go, fuck not, yeah, dude. Not, yeah, not the kind of shit you sit there and put out on a first date. You know, oh, by the way, I can be killed by sunlight. You know, it's just, <laughs> you just don't give away that kind of sensitive shit on a first date, man. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like Superman going on a date with Lynn and be like, hey, I'm cool with everything, but the only thing I can be killed by is kryptonite, so bring any of that. And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Actually, he did reveal his weakness on his first date with Lois Lane. He told her that he couldn't see through lead. <laughs> yep, but he could pile that chick all night if he wears a kryptonite condom. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Watch my kid. So, the hero of the cool. night, and at last, they decide to steal giant metal platters to use as a makeshift mirrors to reflect the sun, ultimately killing darkness after setting the blunder from the pie that he was potentially being baked into. Meanwhile, Lily continues speaking with darkness. He tells her that he dreams and that dreams are a specialty. His dream is to be with her, and he offers his heart and soul to her. It's like, aw, look at you, darkness. You're being a big old soft. Oh, you know, so he's almost like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yep. He's like, hey, uh, hey, uh, Lily, the thing is, is like, I, I kind of like you, and maybe if you like me, and maybe if uh, you'd be okay with it, uh, we could, you know, go out and date. And uh, I just, I, I, I like you a lot, and. Uh, you know, it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Guys. Stop it. Goblins, get away from me right now. I'm trying to admit my love to her. All right, shut up, guys. I li- anyway. <laughs> I like you. Do you like me? Check yes or no. <laughs> so, uh, Lily, do you like uh, hamburgers? Uh, maybe we can go out sometime. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God. I'm, I'm blushing right now. I'm blushing. Oh, look. Darkness is blushing. Shut up, Blix. Shut up, you fool. I'm trying to seduce this girl. <laughs> so... As he's admitting his love to Willie, we see the gang assembling the giant platters to reflect the dying sun as it goes into night. So Darkness eventually uses magic to fill up a wine glass, and he tells her to drink it. She's like, I'm not doing anything from you. And then he throws the biggest fucking team tantrum. He's like, you'll do whatever I tell you to do. And she's like, no, I don't really think I'm going to do that either. So, <laughs> Willie laughs and grabs a big-ass yeah. rock, and she's like, you know, and she kind of plays into this a little bit after he throws this fucking tantrum of dumping everything everywhere. And she's like, hey, I found this sharp rock, yo. Let's go kill that fucking man. He's like, oh, God, I'm so fucking hard right now. Really? Really? Dude, don't do this to me. Oh, my God. God, I'm so fucking hard. Oh, my. Yeah. When and we were she's watching like, this yes. the family, we were like, yeah, okay. And here we are having Tim Curry with his O face. Go ahead and be like, yeah, he is like, like the darkness is so hard right now. He's almost doing like the, you know, the dance, almost doing the dance of the serpents under his tarp there. (laughs) And he's like, really? You'll do it? She's like, yeah, I'm your bride. We got to do this, right? He's like, oh, fucking orgasms. As he realizes she's going to do this for him. (laughs) So we see the ritual to kill the unicorn begins. Jack keeps positioning the platters along with the others. Gump seems to think that Lily is now evil and tells Jack that he needs to kill her as she's all in fucking, you know, just that gothic look. And he's like, yes, I'm the sister of fate. And meanwhile, fucking Darkness is just fucking cranking it the entire time. He's like, yeah, you tell him Darkness is fitting. <laughs> oh, girl, I don't fucking want you so bad. And she's like, I am. I'm totally fucking evil now. And Jack is like, I can't kill her. I trust her. 
And lucky for him, she's just using this as a trick. She raises up the blade and brings it down in the chains that bind the mare, which frees it. And that's when Darkness is like, oh, fuck, there's people here. And Jack runs out. He's like, ha, ha, I was going to kill you, Darkness. Ha, ha, my own son. And Darkness gets in a little fight with Jack. <laughs> so just as Darkness thinks that he has the upper hand, Jack finds the anacorn and pulls up from the pool of water as his gang arranges the platters to catch the light of the setting sun. Demanding Jack hand back the anacorn, White begins to flood the chamber room as Jack shanks Darkness like a fucking prison scene with the anacorn. He's like, oh, shit, I got shanked. <laughs> what do you think about that, Darkness? I don't like this very much. <laughs> it's in my stomach now, and that's when we see Light and Wind take over the chamber as Darkness bangs his father for protection. He's like, oh, help me, Father, for protection. And the father's like, see you later, son. I didn't even like you that much. And he just goes stomping out of the room. No, wait. I can make it up to you. Like, nope, it's over. You know, I'm going to go see Al Pacino now from Devil's Advocate, my better son. You know how to get shit done. You should have moved the lawn when I told you to. <laughs> so darkness begins to get sucked further again into the void, but he stops it by using his claws, and just when you think he's going to save himself, Jack picks up Darkness's sword and cuts off his hand, which causes darkness to be taken away into the void. No! Aw, well, now the movie sucks because he's gone. Like, can we defend this now? <laughs> the best character in the movie is fucking gone, so... I guess we're done. No, we're not, because there's, there's more. Um, Jack is informed that Willie is under his sleeping spell. Jack is like, well, someone can do something. Like, it doesn't have to be me, right? Because you just saw me fucking take out darkness. Can I take a fucking break? <laughs> or can I take, like, a five? Like, you know, just kind of fucking hang out? Like, I just I don't want to do anything do- anymore. <laughs> Why do people keep forcing chicks on me in this movie? I'm not comfortable with this. <laughs> it's fucking gross. Ew. Where's John Travolta? Hey, come over here. Come on. Tom, we'll just take a break. You go see some Scientology stuff. Oh, God, Tom, thank you so much. <laughs> no, you got Boris with you as well? <laughs> I have Boris with us on pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, stop. We'll take a break. We'll go hand out some pamphlets. Oh, God, John, thank you so much. Because I was afraid I was going to have to kiss her again. Oh, you're going to have to do it. Oh, no. Damn it. So, All right, fine. He, That's a peck on the cheek. <laughs> there you go. You're free. No, I kind of wanted more. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, Brown Tom, step in for me. He's like, okay. I'll kiss her. <laughs> There's the director's cut right there. Brown Tom is making out with fucking Lily. <laughs> Ooh, Brown Tom, you're kind of or, hot. Or, I know. Or, 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 just, or just get Pox to do it because he wanted to suck her boobs earlier. Dude, yeah, Pox just wanted all of that. So Pox did the stuff in there. She could have been like, oh, my God, Jack, I love you so much. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a good kisser, right? Blah, blah, blah. Oh my God, it's Pox! <laughs> Let me suck your booty. <laughs> Pox is there wearing all, all the fucking armor that Jack had. <laughs> oh, that weird fucking yeah! And I forgot to mention that that he gets fucking weird golden armor for some reason. And he fucking came, and it just looks like a fucking outfit that you wear at Chippendales. Because you know Tom Cruise is just going, <laughs> you know, just walking around and put yeah. on pants, man. Yeah, uh, no, again, <laughs> no right. pants. No pa- I, that's what I told There's you, no man. Pants no pants in, pants in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just wants a free ball. Um, <laughs> so apparently uh, he has a promise that must be kept. And Gump is like, hey, 
don't forget us. And Jack is like, never, bro. And then they make out. And it's like a five-minute sequence where Gump and fucking Jack just fucking hold each other, and they're making out, and Jack starts crying, Gump starts crying, and then Willie's like, wait a second. What about me? And he's like, oh, one second, bitch. I just I need to take the body gum. This is the only way I know how. But I'll, I'll, I'll. He's, he, he's he's going back with gum to the children of the corn. That's where he's going. <laughs> so the anticorn is taken away as Jack dives back into the pond. Jimmy Crackhorn that will you toss into it. So he eventually finds the ring and he puts it on Lily's finger and he kisses her. The anticorn is reunited with the dead unicorn. The sun comes up, and everything is once again chill. But as we go to credits, we see darkness laughing, so maybe things won't be chill for so long? I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait until Legend 2, Disco Darkness. <laughs> like, it was, again, it was a weird... The, land. the midnight hours close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. Oh, did you actually say y'all? <laughs> Damn it, Vince. Because he says it. He says, Vince says, says y'all. And that's I know. I was mind blown, too. Believe me, I was fucking mind blown when I heard that. And I was like, he says y'all? Like, Y'all's neighborhood. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's just y'all. Y'all. Y'all, y'all. Like fucking Rush Hour. With Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. It's not you all, it's y'all. Good God, you all. Let's go! But, yeah. Um, but, Monkey, I know you love this movie, but was there ever, like, a, a potential for a sequel? Like, were they setting that up, having darkness at the end going, <laughs> like, was there, like, a, no, a chance? No, the re- reason for the darkness is that you can never have um, light without darkness. So, again, balance, balance was just brought back to the universe, but... Mm, you know, darkness can never fully be gone. So that was the point of that. But no, there was never any talk about a sequel. Because, that, yeah, yeah, you know, after, like, was, like, the dean had yeah. Sa- like the Dean had said at the beginning of the sh- when it's we covered this, it, it's you know, hard. yeah, 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 theatrically, it was a fucking flop. It, it wasn't until, you know, it started running heavy on cable and then, you know, was coming out on VHS that it got, the cult following that it has and the huge fan base that this movie does have, you know, <laughs> which yeah. was definitely not until later in the aftermarket. Um, and, and this is a, a serious thing. I mean, I'm not trying to joke around, but it, it definitely kind of counteracted what they were talking about. Like, you can't have light without darkness. You can't have good without evil. So banishing darkness to the void, like, what does that accomplish? Like, you can't have good without evil. Like, darkness needs to be around. He needs to counterbalance the light. So you can't just banish him to, like, the fucking forbidden zone, like in Superman 2, and just be like, well, it's gone. <laughs> hey, we're all going to be fine. It's like, well, no. The phantom zone. <laughs> the phantom <laughs> zone, that's right, yes. Um, but the you, danger you can't zone. have good without evil. And that's, again, yeah, like I, bringing up I, I Catholicism, agree. was that you can't have good without evil. You can't have heaven without hell. Yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> they were just like, oh, fuck this. I guess we're going to finish it. <laughs> and that's why, like, you brought up a good point. I think that's why they had to show darkness to the end. Being like, <laughs> it's like he's not gone. Like, he's still around. He's just not ruling the, the way that he did because – I do like the fact that when you see him at the beginning, he's kind of fucking bored. He's like, I, I was fucking banished. 
I have nothing to fucking do. Like I, I have nothing. So I'm going to sit on my throne um, and just kind of hang out. I wish they had kept the green eyes for him. For some reason, I like that effect, and they just kind of dropped it towards the end, where I thought they would keep it the entire time, having those green eyes. But once you get to him with yeah. Lily, they're gone. It's just normal eyes. Right, and uh, again, it's just the green eyes were just there for him, uh, their way to sit there and hint that he was in the back of a scene here or there or whatnot. But then when we actually get to the full reveal, that's when we're actually able to get, you know, the big-ass fucking devil slit, you know, Scolari lenses. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> but they were, you know, because, the entire yeah. thing, the entire makeup thing was just pure torture for Tim Curry. It's like he loves it. He did oh, the movie. But he, but he really, really does not like talking about his experience while filming this movie. Really? Okay. Was it a bad experience? Like yeah. Like he just didn't enjoy it? Oh, yeah. It's like because it was, you know, it, it took at least five hours to put on the makeup on. And at one point, um, he had gotten so claustrophobic with the scolari lenses and everything yeah. uh, covering himself so much that he actually like had a panic attack and started ripping all of the prosthetics off. You know, even with mm. the, the um, yeah. glue and everything still attached, they didn't actually do the slow dissolve like you're supposed to. And it was like right. actually ripping, you know, his own flesh off because the mm. panic attack was that real. And after that moment, that's when Ridley Scott and the effects department were trying to find ways to work around certain shoes to where they didn't have to do the full body effects. But yeah, it was not a good time for Tim Curry. No, and that's a lot like um, Robert England in the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie, uh, where he had to have yeah. the four-hour treatment in the chair. And at the end of the day, he was literally ripping off that fucking shit. Like, there's pictures of him ripping the shit off, and they're like, whoa, 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 don't do that. Because we're going to have to fucking make it up again tomorrow. Like, you know, just let us take it off. But he was so upset with wearing it after a while. And even Doug Bradley on the first Hellraiser, um, that makeup would take between four to six hours. He eventually reduced it to fucking two and a half by doing it himself. He's like, don't worry about it, guys. I'll do it. <laughs> I think I could do it a little bit quicker than you guys can. So he reduced it by two and a half hours, and it looked fucking great when you see Hellraiser. Um, but, again, it's a credit to the 80s, like 85, when you're doing practical effects, you're doing practical makeup, for these guys to sit in a fucking chair for as long as they do to, to yeah. make it look as realistic as it does. Because Tim Curry is lost when you see darkness. Like, you don't see Tim Curry. You just see darkness. Um, so, again, that's the biggest highlight for me to this movie is seeing him in that makeup, fully dedicated, and his voice is distorted, um, but it's just it's Tim Curry. But anyway, that was Darkness from 1985, um, Mucky's creature feature. Uh, he plans on doing a lot more, so we'll see what he has in store for us later on in the year. Um, so we're going to do my pick uh, next week. Um, and after last week with the Dean going, wow, you like uh, picking movies that you think we're all going to love? Uh, that's why you do it. Uh, so my pick is, is going to be a spite pick because I love this fucking There's movie. No I thing. love it to death. And I <laughs> plan on talking about it because it's the first time that's ever been on a streaming service since its release in 1981. And we're going to be talking about Possession from that year, starring Sam Neill and Isabella Gianni, directed by Andrzej Zawowski. It's available on Shutter and Monkey. I already told you you could find it because I yeah, already looked I'm good. it up. So I cannot <laughs> fucking wait to talk about Possession. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like it's just it's so fucking weird and good. 
Um, and it's definitely more in the realm of horror than, than Legend was. But even if you guys don't like it, I don't care. I'll sit by myself and talk to her for an hour. So I just can't wait to talk about Possession. Like, it's finally available so you guys can watch it because I've been wanting to make this my pick for a long time. Uh, so I hope you guys kind of dig it. If you don't, it's okay because I, I still can't wait to talk about it next week on the show. But, again, Dean, thank you so much for joining us on the show, and we'll see you back here next week for Possession. You're welcome. And I want to say, like, there's no spike picks. We can pick whatever we want. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you want to have the mindset that you're picking things to, that people will enjoy, that is fine. But, like, you should just be picking I things did. to pick things. No, no, no. Uh, I, I can I kid. Because you said, like, last week you were kind of surprised when I said that I kind of pick movies that I love, but I hope you guys do as well. Like, I take you guys yeah. into consideration when I make my picks. So that's it. That's all what it was. I was, I was sitting around. It's not a spike pick. It's a movie that I fucking adore so much. So I'm kind of hoping Good. that you now, guys vibe on it, too. Now you're talking. So it, Sam Neill, Isabella Johnny, 1981, Poland, Berlin Wall is still up. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much, Dean, for joining us. Uh, Monkey, My pleasure. Thank you so much for the pick of Legend. And we'll see you back here next week for uh, Possession. All right, thanks for letting me come in your ear. It's Fright Fans. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Ghoul, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. And that's for me, your old pal, the king of our ADG. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. And we'll see you back here next week. Again, I'm just so fucking excited because this movie has just been so fucking hard to find and it's finally available on Shutter to stream. Monkey has a way to watch it. We're going to watch it. So let's just fucking do it. Let's talk about Ray. Possession from 1981, directed by Johnny Zawowski. We'll see you back here next week. Stay Johnny. scared, people. Stay scared. <laughs>